Hi, this is Eden Busani, and I'm your host for the Meraki Podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, we upload new episodes from incredible speakers who share their wisdom on important life lessons and their personal journeys towards living a purposeful life. Tune in on Thursdays to get my latest scoop on self-growth and personal development. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Thank you for joining another Meraki Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Kingsley Moyo. He is a pastor, a trained professional counselor, and international speaker. I had the pleasure of speaking on his podcast as well, so I'm super excited to have him here today. Uh, Just a little brief introduction on Pastor Kingsley Moyo. He is extremely passionate about his people and about relationships. He gets involved with his communities. He teaches mental health issues that can affect relationships. So today we are really going to focus on relationships and how they can define your identity. And I'm really excited to hear from you today, uh, Kingsley Moyo, how are you? Hey, Eden, I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I'm so That's excited. good to hear. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> yes, we have an amazing topic today. I know you're all into relationships. Yes. Um, yeah, so why don't you first start by telling us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you a bit, and then we can jump right into the whole topic of relationships. Who am I? Oh, that's a loaded question, Eden. Do you want to spend the whole past podcast talking about who am I? Anyway, just joking. Anyway, um, uh, um, I'm in Edmonton, Canada. Um, uh, passionate about relationships, and I and I really think that part of who we are boils down to the relationships that we've experienced in life. Um, I've seen that in my marriage. I've seen that with my two kids. I travel quite a bit uh, doing some speaking engagements on the issue of relationships. Um, um, I've been as far as uh, last where I've been was in the Philippines. Oh, wow. I had, a, I had a blast down there. So I enjoy speaking on relationships. If you want to get me excited, just drop the word relationships and we can get going all day. Uh, <laughs> I pastor a dynamic church here in uh, Edmonton. Uh, I think we have every continent represented in our congregation i think with the exception of australia so i get to interact with all kinds of people from all kinds of places um yeah i just i just love talking about I get to this church <laughs> yeah 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 do it do it <laughs> <laughs> wow so so you have this extreme passion for relationships today we're focusing on how relationships can build your identity Um, And, you know, usually relationships start off from our childhood with our parents and our siblings, teachers and all that. Unfortunately, many times relationship can come off, you know, as bullying or uh, abusive or traumatic, which can, like you said, affect our life, build a new identity for ourselves and new beliefs and values for us. Um, You and really cause some emotional and mental issues and stress to ourselves. Mm. You want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, uh, Eden, the first thing I would want to think of, maybe what we want to do is define what do we mean by a relationship? Because there's all kinds of definitions of relationships out there. And for our listeners today, I think we'll use this this kind of definition of relationship. It's people who we are connected to, uh, connected with by instead of being, uh, it's, it's being connected with or the state of being connected with someone. Mm. Now, 
it's easy to think that a relationship is only when you and you are dating. It's only when you are relation when you when you are married. So relationship is not only relegated to that. As long as you're connected to someone or connected with something, you are in a relationship. And guess what? You are in a relationship with the grocery clerk because you get to connect and engage with it. You are in a relationship with your neighbor because you talk with them. So those are all kind of relationships that we can tap into, which pour into your life and shape who you are. Then actually, when you really think about it, uh, I like how you, 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 you set us off on a, good, on a good path there, talking about uh, childhood. When you really think about it, there's no rule book on how to do relationships. Where do we learn how to do relationships from? So when you really think about it, it's when you are a child, um, you, 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 you see what your parents do. You see what your grandma do. Um, uh, there's, about, there's about four kinds of relationships, really, if you break it down and you kind of distill them. Um, the family of origin, um, it, this is where uh, you were born, uh, your, your, your moms and your dad, and some people grew up with their grandparents. And the next one is your, is your friendships. That's a relationship too. And then you get into intimate partners. And more often, that's what we focus on when we talk about relationships. And then there's the proximity relationships. That's your neighbor, your grocery store clerk, and, and all that stuff. And guess which relationship sets the pace for all others? You want to take a guess? Family of origin, friendships, intimate partners, proximity. Intimate partners? No. <laughs> when you, ask me again, ask me again. <laughs> so so uh, there's really when you break it down, you can put them into four categories. Um, there's, there's family of origin, which is your mom, your dad, if you grew up with your grandma or whoever, right. if you're adopted. Uh, then your f- friendships, right. intimate partners, and proximity relationships. Proximity relationships simply means your neighbor, um, grocery store clerk, um, your coworkers, right? So which one? Which, so which one do you think sets the pace for all other relationships? Ah, okay. Now I got it. Okay, so yeah. the childhood, when your relatives, your 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 closest ones. You got it. That's it. I got That's it. it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. So if you really want to see how you show up in relationships, you have to pay attention to how you were raised. What was the meaning of love? How did your parents fight? How was money handled in your family? All of those traits, you take them on to your workplaces, you take them on to your intimate relationships. Even the friends that you choose, uh, the relationships that you choose kind of look like what you saw at home. Yeah. So the positive and the negative you take it from your family of origin. You see how it works there? Yeah. So, so when, you, when, you, when you think about it, uh, do you, 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 you learn to love, but you're not taught how to love. Wow. That's so true. Because nobody sits down and says, okay, Eden, mom and dad sit down. Okay, Eden, we're going to teach you how to love. Hmm. No, no, nobody does that. You observe, hey, mom in the morning kisses dad. Hey, when dad fights, he doesn't 
talk to mom for two days or uh, when my siblings fight or argue with mom, they lash out, they throw things. Ah, so you learn all of that without necessarily being intentionally being taught. Wow. That's how, in essence, really relationships shape your identity. So it can really affect the way you take action, the way you react, the way you behave towards other people, the way you perceive different situations, um, and really your behaviors. Yeah, exactly. When, when, you, when you look at it, um, if you study a little bit of some neuroscience, you'll, you'll discover that uh, uh, the brain of a child significantly grows between the ages zero to five. So which means it's a sponge. It's, it's absorbing anything, anything it sees around, it absorbs it. And the most adaptive years of most children is between three to 12 years. Hmm. So that's when they learn, they adjust, um, and, 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 and they pick on certain things and everything. It's between the three to 12 years. And anything beyond that, from adolescent to adulthood, you're just simply reinforcing and building on, those, on that foundation. If, 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 if you were to take a pencil, take a pencil, and you're just scribbling back and forth, 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 then you scribble. You know, the first scribble, the line, it was a nice line. You can erase it. But the more you scribble and scribble and scribble, it becomes deeper, 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 and etched in there. And that's how the brain functions. It creates these pathways, and they can become reinforced, reinforced, reinforced like that pencil. And over time, it becomes difficult to reverse that. And that's how childhood and later on your relationships are shaped. Wow. So it's like, we got to literally break that habit, break that belief. Yes. Yes. So it's, 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 it's something deep and, and something that's, we learn our attachments from when we are growing up as children, um, the way we are disciplined and uh, um, think about it. Um, nobody teaches you how to handle conflict. You, you're married. Um, if, if your husband uh, would pay attention to how your mom acts and reacts and your dad act and react, he can see a whole lot of you in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I get why you're like that. Oh, you that <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and some, of, some of the things that we bring up are quite dysfunctional. Um, and, and some, 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 some families we grew up, we never, we never talked about finances. So when you grow up and you start dating or when you get into a relationship, into a marriage, you don't see the need to talk about finances. You keep them kind of private. When you grow up, maybe the way they used to fight at home was dysfunctional. Talk about sex. Um, if you are always told that you are not capable, um, you're a loser, you're not, you can't do anything. It affects your self-worth. Um, it affects how you feel acceptable by other people. And so when somebody says a word, you begin to process it in your word, in your mind, and you attach meanings that are wrong to that. Take it personally. Exactly. And before you realize it, you're responding in those dysfunctional ways. Wow. So it's all like, subcon like subconscious behaviors. You're not even 
aware. It's just instinct. It's just ingrained in you. It just becomes you. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That version that we, that we don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even know it's a version that's bad because we've, we've lived that way for so long and we think, yeah, this is normal. And if somebody calls you out uh, and asks you to be accountable, we start guilting, guilting them and shaming them. Who do you think you are? You want me to change for you, but they're seeing something and calling out something and say, ah, I don't think it's okay for you to ghost me um, because we argued about what we're going to (laughs) eat. You see what's happening there? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, you never really think about it that way. When you, when you start to think about it, it just makes so much logic sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it just comes naturally and naturally. And I sympathize with, uh, with somebody perhaps who's a listener out there. If you come from a broken family, all that brokenness is translated into shaping what's normal for you for years to come. And it becomes so natural to you that anything else that's different becomes difficult to adapt to. But the good thing is it doesn't have to stay that way. Yeah, you just got to change that habit. But again, it's not so simple. <laughs> it's not so simple, but you can change it. You, you, you're not defined by your past. Absolutely. I love you're, that. Not, you're not defined by your past. Yeah. So I have some questions for you, but the questions that I have for you, I'm looking at the questions that the audience sent in, and they're pretty much the same. So I'm thinking if you want to get into the questions now, we can do that. Or if you wanted to add a few more things. Yeah, let, 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 me, let me add one thing that might be, uh, might be helpful because sometimes we talk about the, the, the problem and we don't give uh, somebody a solution. Um, let me drop in a solution for somebody out there. Uh, I've coined the phrase minimum delight. Um, uh, minimum delight is really the things that we expect in a relationship in order for us to be fulfilled or satisfied. So if at home you used to go on vacations or if you used to see your parents giving each other flowers or you used to go for ice cream or love was shown by uh, going on dates or whatever you perceive was normal, when you get into a relationship, you expect all of those things. So in order for the relationship to be delightful, that becomes your minimum delight. So you have all of those expectations. So in order for you to kind of work through your relationship and sift through the relationship and say, okay, what is it that's functional and dysfunctional? Take a piece of paper. Um, Look at your past relationship. Just write down all the things that went well. Write down all of them, all of them. And write down all the things that that didn't go well. You got to be honest with yourself though. Write down all these things. You put them in two different columns. And after you put them in two different columns, you make another separate uh, uh, column at the bottom. Start writing all those things that came from your family or from past relationships and all that stuff. And then when you look at all of those things that are below there, you'll begin to realize that it's either the things that you were enjoying came from uh, either enhance the relationship or cause the relationship to be dysfunctional. It kind of, it's a self-assessment. So when you do that, then you can say, okay, when I go to the next relationship, I'm going to show up differently because I see this was dysfunctional 
And uh, kind of some of these things, I used to do them with my siblings and I saw my mom do that. Hey, and these things were positive. Hey, you know what? I want to take that to my next relationship. So the next time when you show up, you show up differently in a relationship. So that's a tool that you could use. Um, and that'll be helpful trying to get you on the right path to, hey, to see how relationships shape your identity. Let's jump into those questions. Yeah, yeah, let's jump into the question. I was just going to say, like, you, you said um, that you can just learn from your past and learn from your mistakes. And that's really what we're here for. We're not here to be perfect. Yes. Um, mistakes are not failures un unless you don't learn from them. So if you didn't learn from them and you keep doing it over and over, that's the definition of insanity, according that, to Albert Einstein. <laughs> that is failure. But if you're going to learn from that mistake, you're going to grow from it. Heck, you got one hell of a success right there. There you go. There you go. You, your life is a story. Um, more often, we give people power to edit our story. You don't have to give anyone power to edit your story. You are the one who's writing the story. You're the author. You're the author. So make sure you protect that and you, you can change the story. If you don't like the ending, you can change it. Wow. Wow. Awesome. All right. Let's get right into the questions because we have four amazing questions um, from our audience. Question number one, do you have any tips on how to handle a toxic relationship with my significant other? Huh. Loaded question. Loaded question. Yeah. Uh, it, well, first thing, it depends on what you, what the, what the, I don't know what the, uh, the question, uh, the person writing the question uh, in their mind, what they had when they were, what, how they define toxic. Because toxic can be defined in so many different ways by, by different people. I will say this. If it's abuse, physical, emotional, sexual, get out. Get out, get out. Um, um, you don't have to stay in a toxic relationship uh, where there is any form of abuse. Listen, if you are listening this to this podcast, if you would want to wrote this question, you are valuable, you are beautiful, you are worth something. There is no reason for you to sit down and take any abuse. Now, if it's just dysfunction, um, um, where things are just not going well, uh, anything like that, uh, you have to have that difficult conversation. And I think I find that in relationships, one of the struggles is that people don't want to have difficult conversation because we're afraid of conflict. So this is what you do. Tips, tips. You're asking for tips. Uh, have that difficult conversation. Number one, sit down, plan the conversation. Um, Set the stage, plan the conversation. Okay, I'm going to talk to my significant other about this and this. If you want to write it down, do it, write it down. And then when you plan the conversation, make sure you tell them, um, tell them, I would like to talk to you about, um, I feel like we need to address da-da-da. That sets the pace and the stage that, you know what, this is an important conversation with the other person. And in the conversation, number two, identify the problem and what you're hoping to achieve. So you have needs and you have wants. And sometimes it could be that you think that it's toxic because it's your wants and it's not really your needs. So sift through that. Three, uh, uh, come up with a solution together. And this can be simply by saying, um, what do you think we should do? People love to give solutions to things. So if you give it to them and say, hey, what do you think we should do? And then they give up some solutions and then you work at it and you build from there and you keep the goal of the relationship or growth of the relationship in mind. Yes. Awesome. I mean, I love these tips. These are so great. These, and by the way, whoever's asking these questions, 
These can also go to anybody with any relationship. Just use these tips because these are amazing, amazing tips to take with you through any relationship, not just with a significant other and not just with a toxic relationship. It can be done to just plainly communicate what is bothering you at the moment. So these are amazing tips for that. Um, number two, how do we come to understand ourselves and our relationships with others? Understanding yourself and relationship with others. Uh, first of all, it begins by understanding yourself. Right. Before you, you, you get to understand your relationship, you need to understand who you are. And understanding really who you are comes by trying to sift through your value system. Everybody has a value system. Uh, two people can look at a situation and one person can dismiss it and another person could be moved emotionally by the situation. Um, and that's simply based on the value system. Uh, two people could be troubled by somebody who doesn't call back and the other person be like, ah, that's okay. It's just my quality time. So understand what your value system is. And one way to do that is to pay attention to your five senses. Hmm. They're never really wrong. Your sense of smell. If you smell something and you're disgusted by it, you frown. It's like, hmm, it stinks. If, uh, uh, um, if somebody touches you and you don't like them to touch you, or if somebody touches you and you like them to touch you or touch in a particular place that you don't like to be touched, you respond in a particular way. So that's a way to kind of sift through and to understand what your value system is, who you are and what you are about. That's your value system. Secondly, understand your temperaments. Are you an introvert, extrovert? Are you a planner? Do you go with the flow? What is your, what is your love language? Uh, uh, watch for your temperaments. Uh, because sometimes before you get into a relationship, you could be that individual that is an extrovert and you meet somebody who is an introvert and you say, this relationship is boring. No, it's not boring. It's just two different people that approach life differently. Until you understand yourself, like, you know what, I'm an extrovert. Okay, you know what, let me give him or her their time. I'll go out and hang out. I'll come back and spend time. So pay attention to that. And then look at your strengths. What are you good at? Is it communication? Are you, is it money? Uh, what are you good at? So that's discovering yourself. And when you discover all these things, everybody has to have goals in life. I hear so many people when I have conversation with them, we talk about relationship goals as hashtag goals and all that stuff. And you ask them people, what is the goal of this relationship? Um, I don't know. We're just dating. Wow. There's no such thing as just dating. Um, there's an end goal that you have to have in mind. If you're married, you have a goal that, okay, in one year, two years, uh, five years, there's a goal. So you understand yourself first. And once you understand yourself first, it gives you the basis of taking all of that into the relationship and say, hey, uh, tell me about your value system. Tell me about your temperaments. Let me see what your temperaments are like. What are your strengths? What are your goals? And then you build that together. Beautiful, beautiful answer, beautifully put. All right, question number three. How does love shape identity? Love, that big four letter word. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. We pursue it. Oh, let, let, let me first of all dismiss the notion that people fall in love. It's not like you were walking and walking all of a sudden you fell. <laughs> There's no such thing as you fall in love. Um, you make a conscious decision that, hey, 
I like this person. I'm going to commit myself to be with this person. And that brings to how your brain really is. Um, one side of your brain deals with emotions and one side of your brain deals with logic. So our idea of love is governed by that value system, how our emotions are and how we think is what we think is logic. So the value system comes from what we grew up seeing at, at home. If you grew up in a home where you're repeatedly told that you're beautiful, capable, it boosts your self-esteem. And whenever you show up in a relationship with the I can attitude, love takes on a new meaning. Um, you don't need to be affirmed to know that you're beautiful. Therefore, you can give love without having to be told, give love. And sometimes we, 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 we discover love in dysfunctional ways. Some people think that if we don't argue, it means that we don't love each other. If we don't fight, it don't means we don't love each other. That's, that's, that's dysfunctional. You've allowed, you've allowed uh, a dysfunctional kind of love to shape your identity. And by the way, this all comes again from your family. How you saw them do love and experience love, you transfer that into your relationships. And so that's when you show up and you give love and receive love. It's interesting that uh, we, are, we are taught uh, sometimes how to give love, but we're never taught how to receive love. Wow, that's so true. We're never taught how to receive love. Somebody could buy you flowers and you don't know what to do and you lash out. And, and, and the dude is thinking, man, I, I just bought this girl some flowers. What's, what's up with her? So that's, that's one way. Love can shape your identity by the way you experienced it. And therefore you transfer it into other relationships in a dysfunctional or functional way. Wow. All right. Question number four. This is a bonus question. We usually have only three, but this, this time we had four amazing questions and we just had to put in this one. Can a bad relationship change your personality? Oh, unfortunately, yes, indeed. Let, let, me, let, me use, uh, let, me give, let me answer this using an example. If you are used to being blamed in a relationship, and more often you, you, your girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife or your significant other um, tells you that, always blames you for doing things, always blames you for doing things. If they come up to you and say, hey, um, I would like to talk with you. Your response to that question takes you in places that are fueled by fear. What is he going to talk to me about? What did I do wrong now? Uh, what happened? It's because of the bad relationship. It has now begun to shape your personality. So, Whenever you go to work now, if your boss calls you into the office and say, hey, uh, do you mind coming to see me in the office? I really need to talk to you real quick about something. Guess what? You're thinking, what did I do now? Oh, or maybe it's because was I late? Oh, uh, what happened? So relationships can change your personality. And before you realize it, remember earlier on, I said, I take a pencil, you scratch, you scratch, you scramble, you scramble, scramble, and it ingrains, it becomes deeper and deeper and deeper. And in essence, you begin to adopt that as your personality. So yes, bad relationships can shape your identity. And that's more the reason why you don't have to stick around in bad relationships. Get out or get some help. 
<laughs> yes, I mean, you answered these questions so beautifully, so much value and valuable information, just information that we need for our life in general, for any kind of relationship. But I appreciate you coming up here. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor King Zimoyo. You were incredible. You added so much to our podcast with this episode. And I appreciate you coming up here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Eden. And, and before I go, I, I just want to, because uh, you're listening to this podcast, I want to give you a free offer. When this podcast drops, for the first seven days, I'm given a free offer. If you contact me through my website, uh, relationshipfactor.org, uh, if you contact me, um, I'm giving away free three uh, relationship coaching sessions, either for yourself or either for, uh, for you as a couple. I'm willing to chat with you, talk about your relationships, and maybe it's just a tune up just to see, hey, how can we make our relationship better? I'm willing to give out, I'm giving out those three sessions, three. That's a $300 value that you can just take advantage of. Three sessions. So just contact me using the, uh, the promo code MERAKIPOD, M-E-R-A-K-I-P-O-D, and just drop that, send me a message on my uh, website, Relationship Factor, uh, relationshipfactor.org, and just mention MERAKIPOD. You have to take advantage of the, uh, of the offer. And I will, I, will, I will work with you. Three free sessions. And that's a $300 value. And giving it away. By the way, you can follow me on Instagram, Relationship Factor. You can follow me as well on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'd like to connect with you. I'm, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying this. Thank you, Eden. Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for adding that information. And I hope you guys will take advantage of that. Thank you so much once again. Thank you so much. You take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Meraki podcast and for joining me on the adventure of my life. I hope you found this episode to be enjoyable and valuable. You can find out more about us at MerakiOfficial.com. If you enjoyed this episode and feel others can benefit from it as well, spread the love by sharing. 